I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. To faith, family, and football here on KSLSports.com. And wherever you find your podcast, I'm Trevor Allen, along with cornerback for the first place Pac-12 South division leading Utah Utes, Clark Phillips III. CP, you doing good? Everything all right? Everything all right, man. Good to see you again. Good to hear your voice. It's good to be back. Coming off of a win, a big one, 44-24 over the UCLA Bruins. A lot to cover as we go along here on today's podcast. But first, big shout out to Bryce Phillips for providing the music, as always, every week. So clutch. And then uh, you guys can follow Clark on Twitter, at ClarkPhillips21, and on Instagram, at ClarkPhillips3. Uh, three eyes, not the third. Just right. every, every now and then, you just gotta um, you got to point that out there because sometimes people... Just don't understand it. Um, anywho, so, okay. First thing I noticed in that game, and, and it was off the first drive, and people are going to be like, well, you probably should have known that anyway because you guys are co-hosts and all that. Look, Clark doesn't try to tell me much about what goes on behind the scenes. That's right. Because, for one, I want to do my own job and figure it out for myself. Yep. But I also you know, know that Clark, with this NIL deal, is given a lot of trust by his coaches to come and do this and not give secrets, which right. I've got a lot of respect for, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him in jeopardy of losing that. The first thing I noticed on that drive for UCLA, you were playing nickel, you were playing slot. Um, Coach Woodyham doesn't talk about injuries unless they are season ending, and so again we have to figure it out for ourselves. Malone Mataele was not out there. Yeah, you don't need to go into why, but you were playing nickel, and so that was your first start at nickel, right? Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, well, second start, really, technically, because Oregon State, I was playing nickel too. But I guess, um, yeah, nah, man, it was, it was, it was fun. I uh, we prepared all week, and I was put in great situations. I said on the radio show yesterday, um, and I was just excited because it's a new spot. It's a new spot, and playing outside corner is completely different from the nickel. You know, especially in our scheme, the nickel is required to do so much, and you know, there's a lot of formational adjustments. Um, uh, in terms of alignment, um, there's a lot of personnel alignment things that you have to do at, as a nickel. 
um, blitzes, you know, in terms of covering um, and just things that are required, you know, when you're a nickelback. And so, you know, I was super excited for the challenge. Uh, I feel like I took it on well, uh, made some plays, made some mistakes, man. But I'm just grateful for the experience. My coaches put me in great positions. Do you like playing nickel now? I mean, I do. I I know you're not comfortable with it like you are playing outside. Yeah. yeah. But right. you starting to get comfortable with it? Rightfully so. I mean, I've only played a couple of games at nickel. I played, you know, several games at outside corner. So, you know, the comfort isn't, you know, like I am at outside, but it's definitely getting there. And I'd say, you know, I feel really good at it. Um, I feel like I can, you know, be really, really good at nickel. Um, and they just take it would take reps. And I'm excited. I just, you know, I want to help the team. And right now, helping the team is playing nickel. Have you seen your stats from that game? Uh, not official. So officially, at least from what I have right here, I, I'm given a packet after the game yeah. of everything from drives and all that stuff. Clark Phillips comes in. With five solo tackles, which is tied for second in in that game for the Utes, Nephi Sewell was number one with nine. You also had two assisted tackles, so seven total tackles, and you led the team with two pass breakups. Okay, okay. I knew the two pass breakups would be on there. I was excited to to see what uh, tackles that they would give me uh, credit for solo, which which that they would give assists. I'm glad that it was five. I was thinking more like six or seven, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they got that right. There were four other guys that had pass breakups, just one. Uh, Brandon McKinney, Devin Lloyd, that's not really a pass breakup. That was a miss, miss pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was right in his hands, and I was down on the field when it happened. I'm just like, I don't know how he didn't catch that, and I know he was really upset with himself because you could see it on his face. It happens to the best of us. Hawati Pututau, who also had a safety. That dude played his butt off. How about that? That dude played his butt off. Man. But that was a horrible block. Like, normally, D linemen try to, like, swim and stuff. That was like a doggy paddle to get into the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it all goes uh, to, you know, being structurally sound defensively and then showing uh, blitzes. Because when you get an offensive line rattled and, you know, expecting one blitz or expecting expecting a blitz to come from another way, uh, they shift the line and do all type of stuff, and then it leaves guys free. And so I feel like that was like a perfect case of, you know, great uh, pre-snap adjustments and great pre-snap, um, you know, disguises. One of the things coming into this game that was very, very concerning about the Utah defense was giving up 260 yards rushing to Oregon State. Yeah. We knew that Oregon State was going to run the ball. That was going to be a similar case with this game on Saturday against the Bruins. With Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown. Yeah. They're one of the, and I, I think Charbonnet was leading the, the Pac 12 in rushing yards heading into the game. If not, he's right up there with BJ Baylor. You guys only allowed, I think, I'm going to pull it up real quick. This is great radio. I know. Um, you guys allowed 146 yards rushing. That's a big improvement. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, credit to the D line, credit to, you know, the defense. We even feel like we could have been better, you know. We had, um, you know, at halftime, it was the emphasis was, you know, making sure that we wrap up, making sure that we tackle. We missed, you know, a good amount of tackles that we feel like, hey, we could have had tackles for loss. Um, we could have had, you know, more uh, more uh, negated gains, more things like that. And so, now we're, we're our biggest critic, but we do recognize improvement. So, now that is good to hear that, you know, we had improvement from last week. I also know that there's some scrutiny within within the secondary where you guys gave up 265 passing yards to UCLA. Garbers is is a decent quarterback. I know it wasn't Dorian Thompson Robinson, which yeah. you guys were, were were probably prepping for. 
I felt like you guys did pretty well, especially when they threw the ball 44 times. Yeah. And there was six yards per per attempt. But the problem here, 9.8 yards per completion. Yeah. Is that pretty problematic within yeah, the secondary? Most definitely. And, you know, we have a lot to improve on. Um, we made some plays, but it was a lot that we left on the table. You know, as I already stated, um, we have to we have to be better, man, on, on all facets. And especially when it, you know, comes down to that. 260-something yards, that's never uh, a good reflection of a good secondary. And so we're definitely going to get get those things squared away. But, man, I'm proud of the guys because they showed grit. Um, They kept on playing. Of course, they they had a lot of attempts. We went from, you know, scheming for a guy that we thought would be more uh, run-oriented and then pass-friendly a little bit, but to to now Garbers and, you know, that guy was more of like a – we felt like a pocket passer and – you know, he had a lot of attempts. It was a lot that weren't successful, too. But when you throw it that many times, you're going to make some plays. But I feel like it was still some plays on the defensive end that we could have, um, you know, kept from going long. And, you know, a lot of it was formationally. Um, we didn't, you know, most of it was all assignment, you know, mistakes or blown coverage, things of that nature that, that can be fixed. And, you know, the whole game's a different – or the, all, that, all those stats can be completely different if, you know, guys would – do their job, you know, specifically in the secondary when it comes to those stats. I know that uh, stats are, you know, only speak a little bit. I know Kyle Whittingham is big into into the analytics, mm-hmm. especially when he makes his, his choice to go for it on fourth down and things like that. How much do you look in, into the stats? And and even those, those pro football focus grades. Yeah. Well, I look at it a lot just because, um, you know, I'm curious to see you know what? What is uh? Because there's it's one thing to watch the film, but sometimes it the film doesn't do the stats as much justice, or vice versa. Um, the stats don't do the film as much justice, like because you know when you look at certain stats, it doesn't tell you that you know fifty or to hundred of those yards, you know, were garbage time in the fourth quarter as well. You know the so you know I look at it with with the fine eye. I feel like um you know me being the the corner and the 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 uh, now I've got to say just defensive back because I play nickel too, but me being the defensive back that I am, I'm, you know, super hard on myself in terms of those PFF grades. I look at them, but you know, I don't, I don't put too much weight in them because I feel like uh, situations aren't really taken into calculation. Sometimes those can be off. Um, but by the same token, sometimes they can be right on cue and they take, you know, percentages and they take, you know, uh, completion percentage and all that different stuff. And I think it's a great database. It is a really good database, but I also will say these guys have not played football. Yeah. Um, the ones who grade it. And again, I'm not going to sit here and throw shade at them. Yeah. Because I know in the end, pro football focus is not what makes choices for NFL teams not when they're looking to make draft selections. It's one of those things that us nerds can get into and look at grades. I say that because... And I may be getting a, a, a text from your dad after he listens to this. Your dad texted me. Yeah. And was not happy with the grade you got after this game. Yeah. Because of you moving all over the field, playing outside, playing nickel. I think you even played a little safety, didn't you? Well, yeah, in the formation uh, or within. Where just playing scheme, deeper. Just playing deep. Yeah, I had to play deep half as a nickel and. You know, which basically transitioned me to play some safety a little bit. And, and then also that, but you're also having to go up, stop the run. Mm-hmm. There were a couple called blitzes, right? I mean, yeah. were they actually called blitzes? Or yeah. is it whenever your guy doesn't run, 
you go after the quarterback. Uh, well, they were. They Whenever were, he doesn't go out for a route, there were blitzes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so there were called called nickel yeah, blitzes. Okay. Blitzes. Because yeah. there were a couple of times where I ended up seeing number eight going up against the old lineman trying to get after the quarterback. Yeah, 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 a couple times, man, and I love that battle. Yeah, I love it, man. But um, nah, like you say, uh, nah, pops wasn't too pleased, and I wasn't either. You know, when he texted me this morning, and you know, he's like. He's my biggest critic, so he'll tell me when things aren't accurate or when things are, hey, you need to get better at this. But, you know, his take on the game, he was excited. He was just like, man, I'm proud of you. You, you did your thing. You're playing in a spot where, um, you know, it's tough on you. Uh, you haven't played very much of it, and you're required to do a lot. And so um, he was pleased, and I was excited about that. Uh, but on behalf of the PFF grading, I don't think that he didn't feel like a lot of it was taken into account. You know, just the understanding of that. I wasn't only playing outside like they uh, basically a lot of those completions that were on outside or on other in other uh, schemes, or other situations in certain positions. Those were marked to my credit or something. And certain things weren't like it wasn't it wasn't accurate. Didn't even take into account my two PBUs. Yeah. And so it was obviously not, you know, an accurate grade. And so I could feel my pops and why he was kind of. He was like, dude, this isn't this isn't even your grade. They're just, you know, and so I was like, I understand. I was like, well, that's why I told him last week after he told me last week's grade was better. But, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm not going to even, like, don't even send me these anymore. I was like, because I don't even want to see them. So yeah. It's not and, even accurate. And, you know, I actually told him, I'm like, look, it is a media outlet. And he had told me that media people look at it as, as like a Bible. Yeah. Per se, to where they kind of read into it like like you know a Bible and really stick by it. I I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I'll look at the grades. Yeah, sure, but it's not going to do me any good to to get mad about them. Yeah, because I I don't I don't do my job based off of their their grades. I go back and I watch the game for my own self. Yeah, so that I know what's going on and I I have conversations with guys who were in that game because that is the best grade that you can get is by talking to these players. Who were in the game because you're not going to get a lot of players who are like eh, I was great like yeah. there wasn't anything that I could do differently and be better than what I did every single player you talk to they're always going to take that that you know humble route where I need to work on things but they'll give you examples where PFF doesn't do that yeah they end up giving you a grade and don't really explain it yeah and so for me that's why I don't do it but like see for me I also texted your dad after the uh, first half. And I said, thoughts on his play through the first half, especially playing nickel. He said, solid, really solid, glued to Phillips. Yeah. Meaning Kyle Phillips. Yeah. You weren't glued to yourself. Yeah. Um, Phillips on Phillips crime. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> really it was. Where does he stack up among the, the wide receivers that you've had to go up against? You've had to go up against Drake London, which I think we can all argue is probably yeah. your, going to be your, your toughest test yeah. mm-hmm. this year. But where does where does Kyle Phillips rank? Uh, You know what? He's a... Uh... He's a very, very crafty receiver. Um, he made some plays last night. Um, you know, I made plays. That kid, he uh, he was a great route runner before the game. Or, you know, studying him, I recognized that. I didn't feel like he could really threaten too much in terms of, like, his speed. He, I didn't think he was the fastest. He was quick now, and he was he had enough speed to hurt. But um, the guy was a great route runner, and he takes his time. And I felt like a lot of his routes, he had a lot of option routes and things. And so... I um I feel like I'd have to just because he plays in the slot and that's foreign for me right now because I haven't played as much slot. Um, I feel like he'd probably be the number two guy that I've ever played. Which I would I would probably agree with. That was you know when when I asked you that question, I was thinking to myself, I I think he's number two. Yeah. And then I would think, uh, is it who's the kid from Oregon State? Oregon State. 
Tajon Lindsay. Yeah, Tajon Lindsay. Yeah. I would say he's probably number three right now. Number three or four. Yeah, more yeah. Brendan Rice. And then maybe the Washington State uh, Harris, Travell Harris. Yeah, Travell Harris is really good too. Another smaller, all those, all three of those guys, Tajon to you know Travell Harris to uh, Kyle Phillips are all three more slot guys that are you know more quick. They all have different attributes. I feel like Travell Harris is more quick than fast. Uh, but you're, is but you're fast. also not like the uh, the slowest guy out there either. Not you're you're a pretty dang quick. I appreciate you, man. All right, now Stanford coming in three and five. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah, um, I thought they'd be a lot better, but they've lost three in a row to Arizona State, to Washington State, and to Washington. Their last win was against Oregon when they were ranked number three in the country. Um, they've also lost to UCLA, but they beat Vanderbilt and USC. That was actually the game where Clay Helton got fired after. Wow! And then they lost to Kansas State, so they're not sitting pretty in the the Pac-12 standings. But it is the Pac-12. They beat anybody on any given night. We saw this with uh, Washington State going down to Tempe and beating the Arizona State Sun Devils when it's their second game after firing five coaches. Yeah. And ASU it was one of the favorites to win the South. They were in contention with you guys, and now you guys have got a leg up on them because of that. But their running game, they're up to 735 yards rushing. They haven't quite passed for 2,000 yards. They have 14 touchdowns and seven interceptions between two quarterbacks. Um, the wide receivers, two guys are over 400. One of them is a tight end, so you won't be seeing him. But Elijah Higgins is their their top receiver. Many say Stanford is kind of similar to what Utah does, yeah. where you really pride yourself with that front seven on defense and you ground and pound on offense. Yeah. Is that is that what you're seeing in your early parts of film right now? I know that we're early enough in the week where – but you guys are also playing on Friday, so, so yeah, every, every, everything's like a day earlier. You're now. right. You're right. Nah, nah, nah. Great analysis. I feel like, um, you know, you hit it right on the head. Those guys are similar to us in the fact that they want to establish that ground game early. And that's the key to a lot of great offenses. You know, you want to establish that dominance. If you can establish that dominance in the trenches, then you'll be set up for, you know, a good throw game. Everything else will kind of come uh, come to the table and come for itself uh, in the later parts of the game. And so I feel like... um. Yeah, like you said, they're 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 gonna try to you know establish that early on and see if they can't air it out. We don't know um, to what extent. I think it's more probably play action RPL type stuff, but they're gonna try to stay on the ground and try to keep control of the game. And so our you know game plan early on is gonna probably be to do the same thing that we've been doing, uh, in particular this past week, dominate the run, um, dominate the trenches, and then um, you know play great coverage and play our assignment. Biggest thing, but no matter who the opponent is. I know that um, we don't know of what's going to come of Malone's injury, whatever it is, because until Kyle Whittingham says he's done for the year, he there's still a possibility for him to play. If you do play nickel, how does that change your mindset going into this game? Because you've now got to pay attention to the run game a little bit more rather than putting a guy on an island and you know, yeah. you're like, okay, it's just mano y mano. Yeah. You've got to pay attention to the guy who who's sitting in the slot, but you've also got to pay attention to that run game. That's the truth, man. And so, yeah, no, if, if that would come about, you know, like I've, I've already kind of said a couple of times now, I'm just willing to do whatever for the team. You know, I just, wherever they want me to play and wherever that um, requires me to play, I really want to help the team and I really want us to win. And I don't want to lose uh, and I don't want to be the reason that we lose. And so, you know, with that being said, if the, if I have to play nickel, then dang, I'm going to have to play nickel. Let's get it. Let's get it. And I want to be the best nickel. And so, but if I have to play corner, I'm going to be the best corner. Let's do it. 
if it's safety, it's if it's kicker, if it's punter, I'm gonna learn how to kick some balls, man. And so, nah, I say that to say I just I'm excited, and like you said, I will have to be a little bit uh more ready for the run because um Stanford is like us and they do run the rock, and so I'll definitely have to bring my hard hat. You definitely will, and as uh. Coach Shaw from Stanford always says whenever we uh, talk to him, like at Media Day and stuff, he doesn't look forward to playing Utah because he knows how sore his guys are going to be day after, and that's why he's glad it's a Friday game because you get that extra day yeah. to be able to recover. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that when you when you come back in studio next week, you're going to be a little bit sore. Most definitely, man. And I'm, you know, I'm. I look forward to it because um, I feel like. Tackling has been something that, um, you know, I've made tremendous improvement on, you know, since my first season. I feel like I was a decent tackler, and this year I feel like I've turned a corner in terms of my tackling ability. You definitely have, yeah. And so I feel like um, that'll be a good test for me. I'm excited, and, you know, I just want to make plays, man, and I really want to help the team. I want to be, I want to uh, embody the culture the way that guys like Devin Lloyd, the way that guys like Mika Tafua, and the guys that, have, you know, have already passed through the program. You know, we saw Lecky and we saw Josh Nurse. Those guys were out at the Tyler game. Huntley, so yeah. I was excited. Yeah, Tyler. So I was excited to see them, man. And it, and it just gives me hope. I'm like, man, at some point I want to be a pro guy coming back. And, man, those By guys. By week are, where you're, yeah, and those you're coming Yeah, in. and then come back and say, man, those dudes are embodying the culture. Hey, we did the same thing. And so, you know, my goal is to just one game at a time, almost one and oh every single time. We will talk about the uh, punting next segment as we uh, bring in a new feature here on Faith Family Football. But I want to talk about Tavion Thomas real quick. Uh, four touchdowns, didn't fumble the ball. He's made tremendous strides Yeah. since, I would say, the BYU game, San Diego State game, Washington State game. Probably after the Washington State game, he comes in, carries it one time, fumbles the ball, and then doesn't play again until second half, I think, of the USC game. Just thoughts as you were seeing him run into the end zone four times on Man, Saturday. You know what? I just I, – my heart was happy for him because I know how much he's been through just from talking to him. Um, he actually stayed with us for a little bit. You know, he stayed at the crib while he was getting his housing situation. So I got to kind of learn a little bit about his past, um, about – uh, what his goals are and that dude man he's a worker and he really does want it and so just seeing him kind of go through what he went through earlier on in the season from having success to kind of having a valley going through a, you know a, a slump or a valley as you would say and you know to see him rise and now he's like you know balling his butt off and he you know what he tied a record last night uh, with you know, something like, yeah well so. let's see the last uh you running back to have four touchdowns in a game was Joe Williams back in 2016 yeah, so and, and that was against that was against the Bruins as well. Wow, that was see him, that was when he ran for three hundred and thirty two yards. To see him do that, man, it just it made me happy, and I could see it all over his face. He, you know, he just he was in the moment, and the dude he he wants it uh, just as much as anyone else on the team, man. And guys are hungry, and that's that's the true definition of a, of a team guy, a Utah man, because that dude he really um, for for you not to not to you know take any carries or to kind of get put on the shelf. Uh, after you know you fumbling and stuff like that, and then to come back with a great attitude every single day at practice, and okay, bet, all right, I'm just gonna get better. I, I get it. I gotta hold on to the rock and then get an opportunity, and you know make some things happen. Not just make things happen, but really try to you know take over. Um, for him to do that was just amazing, and it just showed he's like a perfect example of like what grit is and what our team has been this season as well. So I'm proud of that guy, man. All right, final thing on this, and then we will take a break. Number 22 is now in the, I guess, per se, rafters of uh, Rice Eccles Stadium. 
the families of Aaron Lowe and Ty Jordan were were there to uh, see that number go up and never be worn again in this program's history. It's also the first number to be retired in Utah football history. Um, they also played this uh, tribute video, and everyone's seen it on Twitter. For those who were who were at the stadium, I thought it was phenomenal video. Um, you were one of the guys on that video. Yeah. Along with Coach Shaw, Coach Scally, Coach McDonald, Coach Witt, Jaquindon Jackson. Uh, Bernard was on there as well. I'm trying to think of some others. Oh, Devin Lloyd started it out. First of all, how uh, touching was it to be asked to be a part of that tribute video? Man, it was super special. Uh, you know, I um, was just super grateful when they, you know, when Maddie Henson, she told me, she was like, want you, JJ, and she, you know, mentioned a couple other names, and she was like, I want, I'm doing something super nice, and she's like, we're going to honor Aaron, and we're going to honor Ty um, when we retire the, uh, the their jerseys, and we wanted to honor them with a nice video, and so I was just like, I want to be a part of this, I'm excited, just tell me what I got to do, and so, um, of course, first thing I thought about was my guy, I thought about Aaron, I thought about a and I, then I also thought about Ty, and the type of guys that they were, they never shot away from nothing, and part of me was like, dang, this is going to be tough, you know, and so, but I felt like I was able to get the strength um, enough to um, to talk about my guy and to you know do what do what was needed. And I, watching the video, I was like, wow, I got tears in my eyes, man. Just remembering those guys and just grateful that we all got to be impacted by them. It was also really cool because you guys came out very first play of both the first or coming into the second quarter and also started the fourth quarter and scored a touchdown on the very first play. That's crazy. And that's after the the uh, jersey retirement. Yeah. At, at the end of the first quarter. And after the moment of loudness, at at the end of the third quarter, you guys come out and score right away. It's the team, man. And there was also things put out there where you guys scored forty four points. Yeah, that's two number twenty that. twos. Yeah, that that I mean, you can't make that stuff up. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, it couldn't win any better um, than it did. And seeing, I saw the same tweet uh, on Twitter, man, and it, it made me smile. I'm like, things happen for a reason, and I'm grateful. Um, as hurt as I was, uh, you know, weeks ago, and even now, I think it's been a month. Um, and so now, I, f- I feel I have strength, you uh, know, in, in my faith, and I'm grateful for the things that have transpired. I'm grateful for the relationship that I had with uh, Aaron and and with Ty because um, I know that those dudes are in a better place. And honoring them, man, really just it, it made it made me feel really good. And seeing that number retired, I just was like, wow, those dudes left a legacy that'll never be forgotten. When you uh, ran out of the tunnel, did you and Brandon have to find each other again with, like, the smoke? Was <laughs> Man, the I was thing? actually by Kane this time, and I was like, we were just both, as we walked uh, closer to the tunnel before the smoke came, we were just like, I was like, I was like, Kane, man, I was like, I'm always struggling. Like, I'm like, by the time the smoke clears, everyone's already down at the other end zone. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm holding on to your shoulder pad today. And he was like, he just started laughing. And uh, this time, we, we had, the smoke only was there for a couple of seconds before we were all running out. But I felt people bumping me. I was like, "All right, let's go." And maybe so, maybe some of the maybe some of the folks over at Utah was listening to this and how you and Brandon <laughs> were like really delayed because you guys were like, "I can't see anything. Yeah, I can't see nothing, man." <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take a break. Coming up next, we're gonna introduce a new feature here on Faith Family and Football that might talk about a thick boy punting. Yeah. Yeah. Something about that. We'll, we'll talk about what we're going to do coming up next and much, much more on the first place Utes as they are heading down the home stretch of the season and as they try to get to Las Vegas. You're listening to Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips III.
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back in. It's Faith, Family, and Football. With Clark Phillips III, powered by KSLSports.com, I'm Trevor Allen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, If you guys could tell your friends, subscribe, leave a like. We only take five-star reviews, and I will keep saying that because that's all we do take. That's right. That's the truth. Um, We're going to introduce a new segment here, and we're going to do it every single podcast regardless of what's going on within the season. Because, by the way, for those of you who are thinking, you guys are only going to do the podcast during the season. Nope. Clark is doing this year-round. So he's the only college athlete in this market that is doing a podcast year-round. Everyone else is doing shows and interviews and stuff for just the football season. Yeah. Clark's sticking around all year long. So make sure you guys keep it locked right here on Faith Family Football. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a look back at the weekend and we're going to we're going to look at stories, things that we saw, whether it was on social media, watching Sports Center, on the field, in Clark's case, not for me. We're going to call it the wows of the weekend. To where it's just you're looking at something like, "Wow, that's interesting." It doesn't even have to be about sports. It could be about anything where you're just like, "Man, I saw that and I just thought, "Wow." Yeah. So, Clark, that's going to take a little bit of homework from you. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to give you a bachelor's degree or anything. Yeah. Um, which I know you have more more important things, but it's pretty simple. You're just like, okay, I saw that on there. It stays ingrained in your brain. So why don't you begin the first wow of the weekend? What wowed you over the weekend? Man, the the wow of my weekend uh, does happen to be pertaining to football, it which was, is fine. It was in our game. Against UCLA, man, it was to see Cam Rising punt the ball. Not only punt the ball, but he did a great job doing it. He pinned uh, the UCLA offense twice within what the ten yard line. Yep. And so one of them went down. Was, one of them went down to the seven, I think. Yeah, one of them went down to seven. So that that was my wow because um, we knew Thick Boy Seven could do a lot, but to see him do that too, that kind of put I put a stamp on it, man. So that was my wow. I was stunned by that because. There were a couple fourth downs where they're like going for it. We're like looking at each other, like, "What are they doing?" And then all of a sudden, Cam takes like two two steps back, snaps it, and then boots it away. We're like, "Okay, a little pooch punt," but we're like, "It's got a little, he's got, got a little a juice on that, man." Yeah, thick boy's got some thick legs too. Yeah, man. and so I I actually asked him after the game the very first question. I said, "Cam, are you going to change your merchandise to a Kick Boy Seven? <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm going to keep it at at a Thick Boy Seven. But uh, I guess he used to punt when he was in high school. Yeah. 
and he was like recognized for it by the uh, by by the section CIF, I think is what wow. it's called. Um, you know that because you have a bunch of those awards. Yeah, um, not for punting though. Well, definitely not for punting. But <laughs> I mean, well, did you do like field goal kicker? Have you ever tried that? I've never tried it, but I'm sure I could learn it at some point. I mean, I don't think you really need to <laughs> at this point in your career. Maybe when you were in high, in, in high school, that could have been something. But let's see. The wows for me, I mean, there's there's a bunch that like stand out. I mean, you can look at how crazy the Pac-12 is. What what really stunned me was Cal took took care of Oregon State, which Oregon State was coming off of a win over you guys, mm-hmm. and Cal's not. I, I think they're probably the worst team in the North right now. Mm-hmm. Where they go and beat Oregon State, and and Oregon State's coming off of a high after beating you guys. Yeah. And another one is Arizona State losing. To Washington State. Now we could say that Washington State was on a a winning streak going into that BYU game when when Rolovich and five and four other guys got fired yeah. for not following the COVID vaccine mandate. Yeah, and they lost by two points to BYU, which many have said probably could have beat BYU and should have beat BYU, but they didn't. And then they go down to Tempe. And not only beat Arizona State, they took him behind the woodshed. Wow. Like, it was 34-21, but it was like 28-7 to seven or 28-0 yeah, yeah. or something like that to start yeah, out. it was 21-0. And we were like, what's yeah. going on here? And, yeah, and that was like in the first or second quarter, you know. Well, and I, I actually felt, felt bad a little bit because I, I was watching it a little bit. And there was, there was this one play where Brian Thompson, former you, yeah. one of your guys, he had a ball right on his hands. And had he caught it, he would have been able to coast into the end zone. And he, and he dropped it, just point blank dropped it. Like, there was no rhyme or reason why he dropped it. And he was obviously hitting himself after. But you could just see it was going to be one of those games. When yeah. Brian Thompson, who was one of the leading receivers here, goes down to Arizona State, ball's right on his hands and can't even catch it. Yeah, sometimes it's nice like that, man, and... That's when leadership's big. Um, so when you need your leaders to step up and, you know, kind of encourage the team because it's nights where, yeah, everyone's just off. And, yeah, man, I, heart goes out to Brian. But, man, it's, it put us in great position, you know, for a lot of great things and getting that news that they had uh, – that um, Washington State had won. It's definitely super exciting. One more wow for me, and I know you'll agree with this one. The other five Pac-12 teams put a, a, a red hash mark on their 22-yard line. Yeah. Man, I love that. When I saw it, so I thought it was one team. I saw that. Uh, I thought it was just ASU. ASU, yeah. And, and because ASU and uh, Washington State tweeted it out first. Yeah. But then the Pac-12 compiled all of the photos from Autzen, from USC, USC, Sun Devil Stadium, and Stanford. Yeah, when I saw that, man, I was, I was super excited. I was super happy, man. And I was just like, wow. Just to see my boy and uh, my boys now be be honored for that. It was just it was it was a feeling. I was like, wow, okay, everyone really loved him, and you know, just to see him be honored that way and see Ty and Aaron be honored that way was super special. See, wow of the weekend. You already said wow, wow. It, it's the whole point of this. <laughs> As cheesy and all of that. And by the way, I thought about this idea while I was vacuuming the house because. You were wowed by your vacuuming skills. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a beast on the vacuum. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was really funny. Like, today, I thought about it. I'm just like, we need that one little 
one little thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what about the wow of the weekend? Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to ask Clark if he likes that. And I mean, I don't see you coming up with anything else. And also, give us your guys' wow of the weekend. Tweet at us. I'm at Trevor A. Sports. You can also tweet at us at KSL Sports and at Clark Phillips 21. We would love to get, and we'll end up reading your guys' wow of the weekend on Twitter when we do tape this. So we usually tape on, on Sundays. Sometimes it's a little later. Um, and then Clark's schedule when you guys have a short turnaround, which is why we're going to go ahead and take a break now because we need to wrap it up here soon so Clark can go catch a meeting with the football team as they get ready to take on Stanford. So we will go ahead and do that, make our picks coming up on the other side. You're listening to Faith, Family, and Football. Welcome back into Faith Family Football. Final segment here. Trevor Allen and Clark Phillips III of Utah football. Uh, Utah and Stanford. Friday game. It'll be on the farm. You've ever been to the farm? Nope. you never yeah. been to the farm? No. Not even a visit when you were... Actually, you know what? When you were coming out of high school being, yeah, being a recruit? Yeah, I went to the UCLA and Stanford game, I want to say. Yeah? Yeah, some years ago. I think, I, yeah, I have actually been there so. Silicon Valley, right? Something like that. I've, I've never been to Palo Alto either. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, it should be a good game. It's a late kick here in Salt Lake, which means you guys will get back late. But it's a Friday night, so you guys will have Saturday to Sorry. watch college football, hang out, hang out with your guys. Some and, relaxation. Which means you guys will probably get two days off then, right? Because you guys will get Sunday off, or are they going to make you guys? Not sure. Because um, you guys haven't had a, like a Friday thing before. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Um, See, maybe a win will get you guys two days off. Yeah, that's what that's what it depends on for sure. We'll we'll have to <laughs> yeah we'll have to secure that bag first, secure that victory, and then we'll be able to discuss our break time. <laughs> I honestly think the picks for college for you are based off of how you guys do in your games. Yeah, and it's always the opposite for you. You you guys lose on the field, and you have great weeks of picks, mm-hmm. and then you guys win a game in your crap. <laughs> I'm, I, I I can't sugarcoat it any different because you went one and four this week. Dang, one and four—that's crazy. And I went three and two, so I'm getting an even bigger leg. I'm like three games ahead of you right now. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You sure? We Utes, man. We you know we got grit. We got grit. Still a lot of games left. Well, so just to kind of point it out right now, the records. You are fifteen and twenty overall. I am 18 and 17. You uh, you got Michigan wrong, Ole Miss wrong, Penn State wrong, Stanford wrong. We both got Baylor right. I got Michigan State, Ohio State, and Baylor. That was the pick Baylor. that you chose after me, right? You copied me, right? Ole Miss? Yeah. No, Baylor. No. Yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah. One of those, I end up going first. Yeah. No, but no, it doesn't matter. Baylor. <laughs> the main one is you said Michigan will win easily. Did they win easily? Well, it was a rivalry game. I didn't. I didn't understand. I forgot about the home field situation and because you don't really stuff. care about the Michigan Michigan State you know, thing because you, know, you were you were a Buckeye yeah, I was, and you. I was gonna yeah. So I, I forgot about that little rivalry in state. <laughs> you know. so. By the way, the Buckeyes. I guess they're like banned or whatever. 
really did like a really cool video where they you know how how, how they like march in like different you know things to where like people can see yeah like you guys run out to 22s yeah they somehow I got to find the video because there one of my colleagues who I, I was sitting next to up in the box showed me the video of the Buckeye band or whatever they they're called they like formed this like trash can and had a a, a Michigan logo come over wow. and get like thrown into it or whatever that's crazy because they lost to Michigan State Dang, that's messed up <laughs> because I I think I think that they play each other next week really. Um, or wait, no, they don't. Otherwise, I would have I would have had it on our picks. All right. Anyway, you ready for college picks? Let's do it. Week ten, number twelve Auburn on the road at number thirteen Texas A and M. Auburn coming off of a win against Ole Miss. I'd have to go with Auburn, even though they're going to College Station. Mm-hmm. Okay, College I'll go, Station gonna get this. I'm going with A and M. All right. I just feel like that is a really good football team. Um, here is a wild card one, just because, again, I don't know what it is. There's not enough games, like five great games out there. Yeah. And, and we're never going to pick Utah because you and I will both always pick Utah. Yeah. Um, Boise State at number 25, Fresno State. Fresno State. Fresno State just gave San Diego State their first loss of the year. Yeah. So. That, you copy me, huh? Got it. Got it. Sorry. No, you it's know all right. what? No. It's all right. No. no go ahead. Go I'm, ahead. A, I'm actually going to go Boise. I get it. You have respect in my in my picking skills. Got it. Boise went on the road and, and a beat beat your picking skills. You're 15 and 20. <laughs> it's all right. We had a couple of rough weeks, but now we're couple. climbing. Now we're climbing, though. It's all right. I got to go. The arc- I've got a whole spreadsheet because I'm a nerd. Um, you know what? Fresno, and Fresno State and Boise State are both, like, low-key great teams. Yeah. Great coaching Consistent and they're both like Boise went into Provo and beat BYU when they were a top ten team. Yeah, and so, they and they had like a losing record because they played like Central Florida and and they're to be respected. And uh, Oklahoma State was one of their non conference as well. That bright blue field is something else, man. In Boise, I'm sure you probably don't want to play on that field. <laughs> Not uh, because it's blue. Either, either that or or uh, Eastern Washington because theirs is a red field. Yeah, yeah. Well, red we might be able to do. Well, you guys would would never go to Eastern Washington. We should just wear all red. You're never going to see a Power 5 team go play a Big Sky team on the road. On the road, yeah. Just like you you guys will never go to Weaver State. Yeah. Even though, credit to Weaver State. Great program for the Big Sky. All right, here's one within the Pac-12. Two teams that were somewhat in contention for for the South, but um, you guys have head-to-head over. USC at Arizona State. Some might say Herm Edwards is going to get fired this week. And again, we're taping on Sunday. He could get fired Monday. I don't see it. Yeah, not at all. But that is still a game to watch USC at Arizona State. I think ASU is going to pull this one out and get back on track. I'm going to go with you on this one solely because we don't know what's going to happen with Drake London because he got hurt in the Arizona game. Yeah. And the USC defense allowed Arizona to score 34 points. That That's rough. Yeah. Like rough, so and we all know who the big brother of of Arizona is. It's ASU right yep. now, so yep. I think ASU is going to handle business. Yep, it is. Uh, all right, going over to the Big Ten, number five Michigan State coming off of a win against Michigan at Purdue, who beat Iowa a few weeks ago. It's Michigan State. I think I'm five for five this week. Just letting you know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going with with the Spartans as well. They're they're playing some really good football. Kenneth Walker's a beast. At, yeah, at, at a running back. Uh, number 22, Penn State at Maryland. Penn State. 
Maryland's ranked this year, I think. They're close. Oh, okay. They're like five and three, I think. Okay. Isn't like Tua's brother the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. He's pretty good too. I'm going Maryland. Alright. That might be Go Terps. <laughs> or whatever they're called. I don't know. I you probably know just pissed is? off. Isn't it like a turtle? <laughs> a terrafin or whatever? I don't even know. Do you know what it is? Nah. Well, then why are you asking me? I thought maybe You're like putting know. me on the spot here, CP. <laughs> I'm just curious because some of these mascots, man, I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> the Okay. We'll, we'll end up going over to uh, NFL picks here in just a minute. But I have to tell you, the most crazy mascot I've ever heard in college sports was when the University of Utah basketball team played a exhibition game against Evergreen State. What's their mascot? The Gooey Duck. Uh, which is basically like it's basically a slug. Uh, Look it up, Evergreen State Gooey Evergreen. Ducks, and it is actually spelled Geo Ducks. So we were all thinking Geo Ducks, but then they're like, no, it's Gooey Ducks. That's gross. Wouldn't want to play those guys. <laughs> they're like a Division Two or like they're they're like a one double A or whatever. But which is why it it was an exhibition game. But still, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. There's only one Utes, yeah. but, you know, we have like a million Wildcats, a million Cougars, a million, you know, all of these, but you really went above and beyond on this one. Yeah. All right, NFL picks. Houston Texans at Miami Dolphins. This is a crap game. Both teams have only won one game. Mm-hmm. Who are you going with? Dolphins. I'm probably going to go the opposite of you just Scoot. because Let's of that. It. Who are you going with, Dolphins? Dolphins. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. Tennessee Titans at Los Angeles Rams. This is on Sunday Night Football on KSL 5 TV. I got to go with the Titans. The Titans? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're going against your boys? Yeah. Jalen Ramsey. T-Bird. T-Bird. Mm-hmm. And Matt Gay, huh? Yep, everybody. If you guys are listening, this I'm is Clark Phillips. I'm a, Henry, I'm, a Henry, I'm a Henry believer right now. Well. The stiff arm is real. I'm going with Aaron Donald and the Rams. Ooh, I like that. He gonna get the stiff form too. Your boy Jalen Johnson and the Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. Gotta go with the Bears. The Bears. Steelers suck though. Bears aren't that great either. You already lost college picks. We both know that. So don't don't lose don't lose NFL. You say too. that and then you went one and four. <laughs> don't lose NFL too. Um, I'm gonna go Steelers just because I want to beat you that much more. Let's do it. All right, here's a good one, and actually surprisingly good. Who would have thought that the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals would be one of the top teams in the AFC? This is at Cincinnati. Oh, dang. That's Burrow surprising. or Baker? I like a Bengal. I like the Bengals. Are you are you a Tiger fan? You're, no, you're, I'm You ever watch that, like, Tiger King or whatever on, on a Netflix? No. I didn't either. I heard that was kind of weird. Yeah, it was. I hadn't seen it though, but yeah, I, I saw. I like, just heard things. I, saw I was snippets. like, "I'm good." Yeah, I saw snippets, and it's like, this is one I'm apt to, you know, take off the, uh, take off the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you you ever watched The Office yet? No, I haven't watched it. It's like 50 seasons. What is Max doing at home? <laughs> Watching The Office. Well, now he's a GA. So. Well. By the way, have congrats to him. That's awesome. Also, condolences because I know his career was cut short and not how he wanted to. But. Yeah. Um, Proud of that guy though, because he's wanted to be a coach, and this is the ne- this is the next step for him, and a, a good place to start off. Yeah, um, I will say, as far as careers go, that is definitely a hard career. You never commented on on a, a photo I ended up sending you though, 
We'll end up getting back to our, our other picks here in just a minute. And by the way, I'm, I'm going Browns just to go opposite of Clark. Let's do it. You didn't comment on the picture I ended up sending you of Parker pretending to do a podcast with you. I did it. I am I am seriously working one day, and I'm I'm like down in it because I'm over by the you know, TV because yeah. I'm working from home, and I'm working, and like Parker puts on my Xbox headset mm-hmm. and is pretending to do a podcast with you. Wow, that's crazy. Parker. So I ended up snapping a photo and I ended up texting it to you and you. That was when you didn't answer me for like two days. Parker's like super observant. I've noticed that about him just in the time that I spent with him. He, he's super observant. That make my heart happy, man. He he also wanted to come today to yeah. come tape because he he found out dad was going to go tape with Clark and he's like, I want to go. Dad, I'm like, ah, oh, buddy, we we can't. He's got to go to meetings and stuff, so we can't like stay long. Yeah. So, Still end up staying two hours, but it's okay. That, that's your problem. You're the one who watched film this morning. Which I, I would hope you would. Um, final pick, New England Patriots at Carolina Panthers. Ah. Both teams are around the 500 range. Panthers. Panthers. Even though I just heard Sam Darnold got hurt. We don't know how serious it is. Yeah, he's he's he wasn't going to make a big impact anyway. Panthers? Yeah. Mac Jones, I, I have a hard time taking him seriously. Um, I'm going to go Panthers as well. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, good luck Friday. Um, Thank you. And go get it. And hopefully you guys come back with an even bigger stranglehold on the Pac-12 South Division. It's the truth, man. We need that. And now, like we said, we gotta we gotta go out, show out, and execute our assignments and um, play physical because they're gonna try to run the ball. We think, and you know, after watching film this week, we're gonna have to decide what we're gonna do in terms of um, you know just. Stopping the the run game and stopping the pass game because for all it's worth, these guys are going to be trying to win the game and they're going to do whatever it takes. You uh, think Stanford's going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after their outing against Washington? Most definitely. Most definitely. So we got to be prepared for that. But at the end of the day, we play our game. No one can beat us. All right. Well, there you go. You heard it from Clark Phillips himself. And that'll do it for this edition of Faith, Family, and Football. Episode 10, Milestone. That's right. Milestone. 10 down, I don't know how many more to go, but hopefully we hit the hundreds, maybe thousands. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like the way that sounds. I do, too. Well, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Faith Family Football, powered by kslsports.com.